Swayam Bhuvasya Guru Vansoyam Visarachuta Yatra Visvasvijam Sargo Manunanyan Vadaswada
Translation by His Divine Grace, Salaisi Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. King Purikshit said, O my Lord, my spiritual master, now I have fully heard from your grace about the dynasty of Swayambhuva Manu, but there are also other Manus, and I want to hear about their dynasties. Kindly describe them to us. Verse 2 Manvantare Hare Janma Manvantare Hare Janma Karmani Cha Mahi Mahiyasa Karmani Cha Mahiyase Vinanti Kavayo Brahmams Vinanti Kavayo Brahmams Tani no Vada Srinvatam Tani no Vada Srinvatam Translation by His Divine Grace, Srila Abhay Charanaravinda Bhakti Vedanta Swami Prabhupada. O learned Brahmana, Sukadev Goswami, the great learned persons who are completely intelligent describe the activities and appearance of the Supreme Personality of Godhead during the various Manvantaras. We are very eager to hear about these narrations, kindly describe them. Report by Śrīla Prabhupāda. The Personality of Godhead has different varieties of authorities, varieties of incarnations rather, including the guna-avatāras, manvantara-avatāras, lila-avatāras and yuga-avatāras, all of which are described in the shāstras or scriptures. Without reference to the sastra, there can be no question of accepting anyone as an incarnation of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Therefore, therefore, as especially mentioned here, Grinanti Kavaya, the description of various incarnations are accepted by great learned scholars with perfect intelligence. At the present time, especially in India, so many rascals are claiming to be incarnations and people are being misled. Therefore, the identity of an incarnation should be confirmed by the descriptions of the Shastras and by wonderful activities. As described in this verse by the word Mahiyasa, the activities of an incarnation are not ordinary magic or juggling, but are wonderful activities. Thus, any incarnation of the Lord, of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, must be supported by the statements of the Shastra and must actually perform Rikshit Maharaj was eager to hear about the manas of different ages. There are 14 manas during the day of Brahma, and the age of each manu lasts for 71 yugas. Thus there are thousands of manus during the life of Brahma. So 
So incarnation of the Supreme Personality Godhead must be supported by statements from where? And must perform wonderful activities. Not that it's just supported by the newspapers. As His Holiness Kavichandamaraj was saying yesterday, some people become famous just because of newspaper. But they're nothing special. If you look close, nothing to look at. <laughs> Worse yet, something horrible to see. Here, this, uh, we end the Bhaktivedanta Swami translation purport to text 1 and 2 of chapter 1, Canto 8, Srimad Bhagavatam, the Manus, administrators of the universe. So Parikshit Maharaj, he wants to hear from the bona fide authority about the different incarnations of the Lord that appeared during the various Manvantaras. He's more interested rather than just hearing about Manvantaras, although they're also a kind of avatar, is to hear about the different incarnations of the Lord. Who's the present? Manu? You have to know your Manu, come on, you know your Prime Minister, you know your... Vaiva Swata Manu. We don't have so much interaction. But uh, Manu is uh, the one who gives the laws for mankind. You find that uh, throughout the world the natural justice that people expect It's very, usually very close with the uh, quotes of Manu. The different, uh, originally in the world the criminal codes were given by Manu. So those have been handed down. That's where you find a lot of similarity. Prabhupada talks about people claiming to be avatars. It's quite common that if anyone becomes a famous guru and if their followers then start to claim that they're avatar, then they don't object. Then they People say, well, you, they're calling you an avatar, so I didn't say it. What can I do? But some are there boldly saying that they're avatars. But both of these uh, are not correct. 1970, Sama Prabhupada's disciples started saying he was an avatar. Prabhupada said this is one of the most dangerous poisons. And he banished those uh, four people from Iskand for some time. 
later when they begged forgiveness, he reinstated them. So this is a very big poison. Devotees don't want to be God. Devotees want to always remain in their constitutional position as servants of the servants of the Lord. We want to hear about the Lord and His different pastimes. That's purifying us. We may not be fortunate enough to be with the Lord in His direct pastimes. But if we can hear about the Lord's pastimes, then by hearing we're also getting association. Because the descriptions of the Lord's pastimes are not different from the Lord. The Lord is transcendental and His uh, descriptions are also transcendental. So this is uh, the secret for us to get purified is by constant hearing Hari Kata, descriptions of Hari. By hearing, remembering, serving, chanting, everyone gets purified. Prikshit Maharaj is purified by hearing. She has so many questions. Maybe you heard this before. Maybe it's not the first time you heard about these different pastimes. Doesn't matter. Hear it again. Because every time you hear, you still get the same spiritual benefit, so it becomes new and enlightening. Sukadev Goswami, he may have told so many times, but uh, his disciple wants to hear again, hear. So he's telling, Enthusiastically. Sometimes he asks for questions and devotees don't have any questions, but sometimes you can ask a question just to churn the ocean of nectar. To get some juice out from Krishna's pastimes. So Parikshit Maharaj, she's very expert at asking questions. He's always asking some new question. He's got seven days to finish. So he keeps asking good questions. More and more nectar comes out. After a one hour class she asks for questions and then it's finished, right? He goes on for seven days, non-stop questions. At any point if he said, okay, enough, would have ended the whole Bhagavatam. We'd only get up to the sixth canto, fourth canto. But he goes on asking more and more questions. So it goes the eighth, now we're up to the eighth canto. It's going to go up to the twelfth canto. And the tenth canto is so much... Uh, filled with Krishna nectar.
different times in India, the different uh, gurus and yogis, uh, they get accepted as avatars. Right now in South India, there's someone who's claiming to be a Kalki avatar. He just came a little early. 427,000 years. But most people, they know that there's a Kalki avatar and they don't really know so much detail about when he's supposed to come. So somebody said, I'm Kalki, so... They believe it, some people. And then in... Uh, of course there's some Babas who do magic and they claim to be avatars. Sometimes they get uh, caught cheating. And you're just doing sleight of hand, you're not really creating any kind of mystical thing. Then they say, anyway, I'm not doing any harm, I'm just spending money building hospitals and things, so why do you get disturbed or surprised? If I'm inspiring some people and they give donations, they do good work, so what's the problem? Let me cheat. It's for a good cause. So these things are going on. In uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur's time, we know how there was a Falgu Baba who was claiming to be a Krishna avatar. Then he was uh, dancing with other people's wives. If Krishna used to dance with others' wives, he would dance with other wives. Didn't only stop with dancing. He was imitating that he is Krishna. So the parents, uh, the husbands, uh, went and complained to um, Bhaktivinoda Thakur. And uh, so Bhaktivinoda Thakur investigated and found this person was some kind of tantric, doing a black magic and getting some supernatural powers through ghosts and black magic then claiming he was Krishna. So he tried to investigate it and got all the evidence that brought him to court. They arrested him. But none of the jail keepers want to deal with the person because he would threaten them, I'm going to curse you, you're all going to die. He cursed Bhaktivinoda Thakur to die and he got very sick, his whole family was sick. But he still stuck to his guns. He still remained determined and uh, followed through with the case. And finally when he was convicted, then he got the order given to cut off his hair. Because he knew he was keeping his mystic power in his hair. Hair was standing out in a big round bun. So by doing some kind of uh, tantra he had keeping his power in the hair. So somebody went to cut the hair. <coughs> Electrical shocks came out. I can't do it, I can't do it. He freaked out. So then finally Bhaktivinoda Thakur got the order, he could do it. So they took and went there and chanting Hare Krishna. <laughs> he chopped his hair off. 
and the person collapsed, I lost all my power. It burnt the hair. So, this thing's been going on in the time of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. There was uh, another bogus uh, guru. He claimed to be uh, incarnation of Lord Chaitanya as a Manjari. So Lord Chaitanya took Radha Bhav, so he was taking Manjari Bhav. But uh, his disciples chant uh, Padma, Chakra, Gadal. What's missing? Huh? Shanka, something like that, some kind of mantra, Chatur, Bhusa, some mantra that he's Narayan. So, They found that he was uh, also misbehaving with somebody's wife, so somebody went and beat him up really bad. And then he was hid in a cave and he stayed there for a long time and then he was getting sick in the cave because of no ventilation and air, sunlight. Then the doctor came and said, you have to Take him out, give him some fresh air. Take him out on a bullock cart or something, get him some fresh air, otherwise he's going to die. They were taking him around on a bullock cart, then he fell off the cart and died. Then they were burying him. They wanted someone else to replace him because they had a good thing going, had many followers. So then they paid out somebody for a baby and put the baby in the, in the grave. They took out the baby and said, look at he's reincarnated like instantly. <laughs> Without mother, okay, divine. But then uh, the father had sold the baby but not the mother didn't know about it. She heard about her baby and she came screaming, give me back my baby. <laughs> so that one didn't work out. <laughs> but there's still people that follow this person. They put his picture up on the altar like he's got there was a big protest that in Navadip when they put his out on the same level as Lord Chaitanya and Krishna, every, all the brahmanas made him put the guru on the lower level. Others are going to burn down the temple. Then within the past the 30 years uh, there was one guru who was uh, known in Bengal, Balak Brahmachari. He claimed to be the 14th generation from Lord Chaitanya, but that he was incarnation, and he decided that the Vedas were obsolete, and now whatever he said was absolute. He used to sit on a dais with a big beard, and he was a chain smoker. <laughs> 
And people would come up and touch his feet and they'd feel this deathly cold chill go through them and they thought that was some kind of a spiritual experience. Maybe he was taking all their good karma. But he would have mass initiations. Thousands of people would stand up and he'd tell them, Ram, Narayan, Ram. You're all initiated. No rules, no regulations. Just touch his feet. And wear his little amulet button which you can get. So they're making a huge business on amulet buttons and mass initiations. It was very easy, I think, to do. No rules, no regulations. And he was the avatar. Then uh, he got sick and he died. Suddenly, then they were really in a fix what to do. So they put his body on an ice slab and told everybody he was in Samadhi. But people were doubting that if he's in Samadhi, why have to keep him on ice? Because people who are in Samadhi don't need to be frozen to keep, only dead bodies need to be frozen. And uh, they're letting people come and touch their feet and get uh, while he's in Samadhi and selling them amulets. Because they had a huge stock, they had to get rid of them quick. <laughs> this is going on for about a month and then the neighbors complain that there's a dead body there, you know, the, they're not taking care of it. So then finally the government did a raid, two in the morning with uh, 150 police. And they found that the body was dead. But there was a guy in the closet, a look-alike double to this person, and he was growing a beard, but his beard was only half the size. So maybe another couple of weeks he would have a big enough beard he could pass for the guy. So it was obvious they're going to do a switch. He's going to come back from Samadhi, start all over, and dispose of the... There's a regular business going on. His Guru Maharaj Ji claims to be Krishna, then uh, his mother renounced him and said he's not really Krishna. <laughs> but then he was still popular anyway, so later she agreed, okay, maybe he's Krishna. <laughs> Yeah, he sued his mother in defamation. <laughs> Krishna didn't have, was it Maharaj? Krishna didn't have to sue Putin, I just killed him. You can go on, the, the history of all the bogas, it's a new, new Purana. You can call it the Mitya Purana. The lying Puran, history of all the cheaters and the cheated. So Lord Chaitanya, this is a big problem because then some people, they don't want to accept Lord Chaitanya because there's so many people claim to be God and then hear this, how do they know that Lord Chaitanya is really Krishna? So that's the big question mark in many like in South India, some of the Sampradayas, they're hesitant, they say, except, okay, the teachings are all right, but except they don't want to accept Lord Chaitanya as Krishna.
So when uh, Lord Chaitanya went to Jagannath Puri, and uh, Gopinath Acharya told the Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya that uh, Lord Chaitanya was Krishna, because in the Vedas it predicted Krishna would come as a devotee. First, he didn't want to accept. He said, "Well, he's a great devotee. That's all." But when Lord Chaitanya explained to him the Atmarama verse in sixty-four different ways, somehow he started to get an insight that actually this person is not an ordinary person. It's not even just a great devotee. Then he asked Lord Chaitanya to reveal who he really was. And then Lord Chaitanya showed him the Sarabhush form, six-handed form, and also Radha Krishna also, right? So that way, Sarabhama Bhattacharya surrendered to Lord Chaitanya. Lord Chaitanya wouldn't reveal to everybody because his Official role was as a devotee, but sometimes he would review. But the first thing that made Sarvabhoma suspect something was when he was in Samadhi, he tested and he found that he was not breathing and not, no heartbeat was visible. So it seemed like he should be dead, but he obviously also wasn't dead. Took a cotton swab by the nose and saw there was slight movement of air. But still then he thought he was only a Mahabhagavat, a great devotee. Later when he got the scripture and uh, there's uh, three things that prove our incarnation should be predicted in scripture. Should match up with the prediction. Just like there's prediction, there's kalki, but someone claiming I'm kalki. That's not enough. That just that's why everybody could claim to be one of the predicted. You have to match up with the prediction. Kalki is supposed to come in four hundred and twenty seven thousand years from now. It's supposed to be the son of was it Vishnu something? Vishnu Jasana. So many details are there, what village he appears in. So those things are not there. And then one is the third thing is supposed to do wonderful acts which ordinary people can't do. So just one of the things, someone does magic, so you think, oh, he does wonderful acts, he's an avatar. That's not enough. So that's to be predicted as an avatar also and has to match up with the predicted, and do wonderful acts. All the three have to be in line. So Lord Chaitanya matches all the three. That's why we accept here to be incarnation of Krishna. All the different incarnations. Manu, Leela, Yuga. The Manus have got certain power from Krishna. 
That's why they're called avatar. Means that they're empowered. Some avatars are directly Krishna expansions, or some are empowered by Krishna, called shakta avesh. If they just have to do one activity, then they may be empowered. Like Vyasadeva is empowered to write. He doesn't do creation and maintenance and destruction and so many other, but he writes. Manu is uh, empowered to govern and establish the codes of religion for mankind. And he's over the entire universe. There are many, maybe many other earthly planets. It's a whole area which he has his own domain. So there's a code of Manu called Manu Samhita. That uh, are the codes that if one follows those codes, then they're in keeping with the karma. In other words, if someone's punished according to those codes, it counteracts the karma they would have to get. It used to be that sometimes Manu would visit the earth visibly at some big Rajasuya sacrifices or some special occasion then people could see Manu. Says mankind is descending from Manu. Bhagavad Gita mentions. From Vivaswan to Manu, Tikshwaku. So one sense we're all descendants from another planet. That's why the evolution not at all an accurate theory. We actually were planted here from another planet by Manu. We're the descendants of Manu, that's why we're called mankind, Manusya. Human. <laughs> then there's uh, Leela Avatar. They perform different pastimes. Sometimes the Leela avatar is also a Yuga avatar. Yuga avatar means to establish the system of Dharma for the Yuga. Who's the Yuga avatar for Dwapara Yuga? Rasika Seva, Krishna. What was the Yuga Dharma he established? Anyone can say? Yes. Deity worship or worshiping him. And uh, Kali Yuga, whose Yuga avatar is a real tough one. Goranga. What's the Yuga Dharma? Harinam Sankirtan. So by bringing up these topics, 
Prakshat Maharaj is going to hear a lot of nectar, a lot of different yuga avatars, lila avatars, manvantar avatars, Gajendra Moksha. It's like a lila. A lord appears and delivers his devotee as an elephant. Not establishing any yuga dharma, but he's doing a pastime. There's another avatar. What's that? Yeah, we mentioned that. We have one avatar in the room here. The Archa avatar. The worship of a deity is also an avatar. Avatar means to descend. So you request Krishna descend from the spiritual world, be present before us as a worshipable deity. So that is one of the avatars also mentioned in the scripture. Because we're not pure enough to normally see the Lord in His spiritual form. So He appears to us in the visible form as an archa avatar, as a worshipable incarnation. So we can get contact with the Lord. We can worship Him. We can develop our relationship. We can serve Him. The Lord is waiting to come down and perk. Nitai Gora and their Brihat Rup are waiting to come. They're here already and they have another Rup that wants to come. But it depends on the devotees wanting them to come. And getting fired up to serve the Lord when He comes. We, you'll see tonight in the Siligori slideshow about deity installations. So many different aspects to purifying a bimba. The deity before it's installed is called bimba or reflection. Pratibimba, bimba means reflection. A statue is a reflection of the Lord, it's not considered a deity. Deity has to be installed, so to speak. In English we say installed, but in Sanskrit it's called prana pratishta, establishing the life. So bringing the presence of the Lord into the deity through prayers, so there's rituals. Krishna says, if you do according to the rituals, then I'll come. Of course, if there's a pure devotee, then just by their desire they could come. Otherwise, there's a procedure for installing deities. First is purifying their bimba by various adivasas, danyadivas, grain adivas, jala adivas, water adivas, and there's one called sayan adivas. So if you do sayan adivas, it includes all the others. 
putting the deity to rest. Then you bathe the deity with uh, water to purify it from any contamination from the workers. You don't want to see workers make deities and sometimes they put their feet on the deity and you know, it's, it's not a deity, uh, they're smoking cigarettes or something, while they're, you know, they're workers, it's just they're, they're, they're not pujaris and the deity is not, it's, a, it's a, a statue for them. It's not yet been installed, so you wash the deity off with water and wipe it off and uh, it's called uh, silpa dosa snana, purifying it from any of the kind of contamination that came from the workers. Then you do these adivasis, bringing in all auspiciousness. Before you invite Krishna, you want to purify. Then we showed last night, we did a nyasa. Samhar Sisti nyasa, Keshavadi nyasa. Don't have to do all these, but uh, generally they're done. Annihilating all the material elements by mantra and putting in everything back spiritually. Enlivening all the senses. And opening the eyes. Someone asked why the eyes were covered, because it's not a deity yet. It was in the process of being installed. When you uncover the eyes and you chant some mantras, put ghee on one eye and honey on the other, with a, either a, a gold stick or a tulsi twig and you chant mantras that now the deity will see. Then the first thing you want to show the deities are Tulsi plant and young girls, Kumaris, young maidens that decorate like gopis and the auspicious thing, the back rear end of a cow with a calf. Things to show auspicious things to Krishna. Then you do the Abhishek, bathing with all auspicious things. Then you do the Prana Pratishta, it's done in private by uh, some spiritual masters or senior brahmanas, where they formally uh, request Krishna, meditate on Krishna coming through the Guru Parampara, through them to the deity form. Probably a few other things, and then there's yagyas and other, other fire yagyas and things. The Sri Vaishnavas do a thing where they do a whole, they install the deities in a pot, they do a, the fire yagya, and then they take the pot, and then they sprinkle the water from the pot with a prokshana on the deity. And they said, that's when the deity enters. Some, and Siliga we did both. We had South Indian Brahmanas doing and we had our Mayapur Brahmanas in the temple. We had uh, so many kundas. 108 outside and 5 main and 5 inside. Just to satisfy everyone. Krishna is there. Once the deity is there, then you have to always take care of the deity. First Prabhupada said, like a pure devotee would worship a deity, then automatically Krishna comes to receive their worship.
I read in the one Quran, it said depending on who installs the deity, the deity has uh, a certain effect. If it's installed by ordinary brahmana, it's like eight miles, one yojana. If it's installed by <coughs> Brahma, then it's the whole universe. And in between there's a whole array of appear to have already installed and it's right everywhere. Shaligram, Shilas, all the all the universes. Doesn't have to be installed. Self manifest. So Pujaris are very fortunate, they get to worship the Lord, they get to massage the Lord's lotus feet. And we did the uh, Narshinga Abhishek, we do an oil massage of the Lord. Oil Abhishek, sandalwood massage, sesame seed paste massage. The Lord gives us so much opportunity that we can do personal service through His deity form. So the Lord comes down to benedict His devotees. So the Archa Avatar comes to give us the blessing to be able to serve Him. So we can develop our service attitude, otherwise it would be so much harder for us if we didn't have this opportunity to serve the Lord. I saw Srila Prabhupada's uh, family, former family, our Vaishyas, Malik Day family, very respectable family. They used to be like landlords or something, a gift given a title, Malik, it means a big title by the, by the king in those days, the Nawab. Malik means Lord in Urdu. So they had Radha Govinda Devis. And uh, so I happened to go one time to their function because I said the father established a family deity and then he had four, I don't know how many children, you know, he had so many children. So each of those children get a share for worshipping the deity. So when one branch of the family is taking responsibility for worshipping the deity, they have a big festival, invite everybody. And formally the other branch hands over the key to the temple, to the, that branch on a pillow, formally from the deity, now you're responsible. But of course, they didn't personally worship the deity, this Prabhupada objected actually that his father used to worship, but because they're not following now, not all the other res other members are not all following, they hire some Purohit, some proxy Brahmin to do the worship. But Prabhupada's father, because he was pure vegetarian and fully initiated and following, uh, he used to do the worship himself. And probably used to see that. So he, as a child, also did the worship. So Prabhupada had his own Radha Govinda Devi, small ones, which he worshipped as a child. When he went to college, then he gave the deities to his sister to worship. So Pishima was worshipping, and then Pishima gave those to Mayapur. 
than the year when Bhakti Raghavan lost his leg that time they stole the deities. Or maybe it was another time, but some more time the deities got stolen by dacoits. He never recovered the small Prabhupada deities. Of course, technically, deities are always there. You can get another small pair and call the deities in. So, <clears throat> recently, uh, I heard so many pastimes about, uh, like, Narsingadev, and even the Lord. It says each uh, deity form is also because he's a separate incarnation. Although it's the same Krishna, but each deity has Lila Vaichitra. Means individual unique pastimes. So I hear that the the devotees may have some pastime with Gornitai, but in uh, Melbourne they may have other pastime with their Gornitai. They're Radha Balava and Sydney or Radha Gopinath. So in Mayapur there was this different pastimes with the Narsingha Devi. One time Pankajangri was explaining for about an hour some pastimes. I just remember two or three. But there was a lady who had gone, was going blind and the doctor says she only has a few weeks to see. Her eyesight was fading very fast, so she was praying to Nishingadev, this may be the last time I can see you. I, she was feeling very bad because she won't be able to see the deities anymore. And that night Nishingadev came in a dream and said, actually they took out, took away, I had originally red eyes. And someone donated green eyes. But green is not the color of my eyes, my eyes are red. Because he was very angry, so that time his eyes are red when he comes out of the pillar. So if you give me back my red eyes, I'll give you back your eyesight. So she went and told the pujaris, so they were cooperative and said, you know, I mean, what's the, someone has a dream like that, you know, they give them the benefit of the doubt. So they replaced the green eyes for the original red eyes and the lady got back her eyesight and she's still seeing and the Shingadev still has red eyes and there was one lady she had uh, brought some mangoes to give to the Lord but then suddenly at the last minute she got like cold feet and said anyway he probably doesn't like mangoes and not very humble, not very good mangoes. And she didn't offer. That night the Lord came in a dream and told, you know, mango is my favorite fruit, why are you not giving me my mango? Where are my mangoes? So the next day she came right into the pujaris and told what happened, said, please offer these. Same thing happened that somebody was made some 
Mango pickle. Newcastle. That's uh, that's not Cessna. No, that's where Christina has a restaurant. No, that's not. I heard Newcastle. Now, some things may be very private, you don't reveal, but uh, like that. We can develop our relationship with Krishna through the deity, through the holy name. Holy name is another type of deity, the Nam avatar. Holy name comes to us in sound. So the devotees uh, initially are just uh, philosophical, try to understand who they are and basic things, but then gradually as they render devotional service, they start to develop, awaken their dormant relationship with Krishna. Hearing about the pastimes of other great devotees is very purifying for us. It helps instill our faith. And then in our own sadhana, we are relating with Krishna already through the Holy Name, through the deities and through the spiritual master. Spiritual master is also considered a kind of an external manifestation of Krishna's mercy. He's a devotee, he's not uh, Krishna himself uh, like that, he's a devotee of Krishna, but for the disciples, he's like a mailbox that they can offer their service to Krishna. Confirm. So in different ways we are developing our relationship with Krishna. So that's what's very special about devotional service, is we're getting a direct Contact. It's hands on. It's not just the theory, but it's actually the realization. But how long it takes for people to get realizations or to get feelings, and whether it, we confirm things sometime with the guru that this is a correct understanding, and he confirms that this is like speculation or this is. Okay, this is a sign from Krishna. So Parikshit Maharaj, he saw Krishna when he was in the womb of his mother. So he already saw Krishna. He's always looking for Krishna again. He's so eager to hear more and more about Krishna and his incarnations. Somehow we have to awaken that uh, faith and that desire to always want to serve Krishna and be with Krishna. So that can be awakened by deities, by pastimes, by shastra, by service, by festivals, by devotees, by the guru, by holy name, by kirtans, so many different ways. So we absorb ourselves in this environment of Krishna consciousness and I'll try to awaken more and more our dormant love for Krishna. Just by putting ourselves in the right place at the right time. And sometimes it happens by accident almost. Sometimes we choose to be in the right place and it was the right time we get the mercy. 
So Krishna Maharaj is asking questions, he wants to hear, because he knows hearing about the Krishna is the one thing that awakens. And it's uh, directly connecting one with Krishna when we're hearing about his glories. So if everybody takes advantage to be, uh, one of the qualities yesterday was lolyam, that is an obstacle for a spiritual life. But that's material lolyam, material greed. But to be spiritually greedy, that's okay. If you're spiritually greedy, that's auspicious. Materially greedy is an obstacle. So we want everyone to hope that they develop their spiritual desires. When people just chant because it's like a, a duty, they're doing it. Sometimes the children, they chant because the parents say you should chant. They'd rather do something else, but they preach to, okay, so they do it. They've not yet developed that uh, desire. When they actually develop that desire, yes, I want to be Krishna conscious, I want to see Krishna, I want to play with Krishna, I want to... When they desire, their greed to be with Krishna is awakens, then that's very auspicious. So somehow the parents can inspire the children, the Guru can inspire the disciples, if the President, Vice President can inspire the devotees to want to serve the Lord. That's the success. And then that desire can increase more and more. It's not like you can't limit. One person may have a little desire and some may have a lot of desire. In that material life, somebody does more work than people think, you know, I'm doing all the work, what is everybody else? But in spiritual life, devotees are greedy to do more service. Jayananda Prabhu, Jayananda Prabhu, he was always so, so eager to do service. But he was eager to, he knew that Krishna's more pleased, others were involved, so he would get everybody else involved as much as possible. But his service, enthusiasm was uh, contagious for everybody else. It snagged me up. I just came to look at him building a Rath car and then I don't know what they were doing, they're all hammering on wood and things. He came over and said, You know how to hammer you know how to hold a nail? I said, Yeah, I can hold a nail. See, hold it, let me see if he can do it. So then, you know, tapped the nail, he's I hold the nail, he tapped it into the wood. Then I pulled my finger away once it was in the wood. He said, oh, you're an expert, you pulled your finger away, you know exactly what to do. You know how to hammer too? Well, I can hammer, sure, that's a big deal. So here, marked off six places on the wood, just hammer nails in there. Hammered in, he patted me in the back, you're great, you know, you're so wonderful. This is a, he showed me this picture of the chariot and Jagannath Puri with 10 million people there or something, I don't even know how to, 1 million maybe, and then, so we're going to build one of these, really, that's an amazing thing, and yeah, we got six days to finish, you know, six, <laughs> it's just a wooden frame, nothing, I said, how is it possible, you need about, it must take a couple of years to build this, you know, <laughs> no, no, we're going to do it, it's by Krishna's mercy, we need your help, can you help, we're going to, you know, everyone who, participates in this, they all get liberated from birth and death, and 
the whole city is going to get spiritualized by this. Uh, you can change the whole world by helping with this project. And I forget all what he told me, but it was very convincing. <laughs> he was a real nice uh, person. So wanted to be with such a person, so positive and enthusiastic. And I wanted to know something about Krishna. So he was. Like a, while, while we were hammering and sawing, he was telling about Prabhupada and about Krishna. So his uh, desire to please uh, Guru and Krishna was so contagious. After seven days of working with him, I decided to surrender and try it myself fully. So this uh, moment's association with great devotees is uh, very inspirational. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. Any question? Manibanda Prabhu. Mentioned in Shastra. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether Prabhupada ordered that all managerial decisions should be made by doing that process. So we wouldn't have to, we just had <laughs> take a lot of time. We wouldn't need GBC meetings. Just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's such systems, I mean, that in some temples they have what they call prasna, asking a deity a question, but there's some system for how to do that. So there are some temples which they have brahmanas or expert at this uh, art of prasna. Some things Prabhupada said was more like gambling, it wasn't really bona fide. But there is such a system. Every uh, the guru or deity, every six months they change the head pujari. They have maybe hundreds of pujaris who are 
potentially qualified to be the head pujari. I don't know how many put their name in the basket. As a, put the name in the basket that they're willing. Because you become head pujari for six months, you just have to live there in the ashram, be totally celibate. You won't see your family for six months. Somebody dies in your family, they won't tell you. Because otherwise you'd be considered a suchi. So you'll, you'll be totally out of contact for six months, more or less. But during that time then you're the, you get to do all the duty worship and it's very special. So some, one of my disciples' uncle was head pujari like thirteen times. But they put their names in a basket. It used to be before they had this uh, elephant, case of. The elephant used to pick out a name from the basket. Whoever name pick out, that would be the head pujari. But now they don't have an elephant so expert. So they have a little child come in front of the deities and pick out. So there are different customs like that in different places for different things. People take it as the will of the Lord. To what extent and what times and active for what subject matter such a thing should be made. I mean these people obviously had some other option in their mind when their land they didn't know so they want this is they use this type of a system. I mean otherwise uh, why hesitate to donate your land to Krishna was the big question. If you have that, you know, you don't have to do all this thing but they had a doubt, they went to the deity they got a confirmation. They still were doubting, you know. Maybe they were already attached to something. I don't know. Whether some relatives were pushing them. You know. Prabhupada used that anyway to preach to them. They should give to Krishna. Otherwise, devotees they don't need to go to the to do that. Whether they should donate, they know what they can donate, what they can't. And if they're inspired to give something to Krishna, they could do that. They don't have to get a confirmation. But there may be some things. That... There is such a system, whether this is the, the correct way of doing that system. There's, a, I think, Kanchipuram or somewhere in South India, there's a temple where they especially specialize in this uh, asking questions of the deity. I don't know exactly, you know, they have a whole system and they do a... to get a reply from the deity. They get very elaborate replies. Like astrologers and... We know that uh, when Krishna Das Kaviraj was uh, bringing the deities, whether he could, uh, for blessings, to write to Chaitanya Charitamrita, then the garland fell down from the deity and took that as a sign from the deity that he had the blessings. Anybody ever prayed to a deity and the flower fell down?
So that was it. Go. So there's such a culture, but exactly what's the right uh, system to get a blessing from the deity. But then the deity may or may not also reciprocate. It depends on how much faith and There is such a tradition in some temples. When, when that should be used or not for devotees? Another question. Yes? So probably came from India, all, all these ancient temples went from India to China, some sages. Sometimes it can be, but also caution that sometimes it can be like a gambling. People throw the sticks and... The deity's there. Maybe can communicate, they could be it as a sister. It seems that in all temples uh, there is a, this kind of ancient system for asking the deity question, which is the bona fide way of doing it and for which uh, topics. It's really meant for uh, serving the deity. But more important is uh, to follow the scripture directly. You don't ask questions, are you God? <laughs> Things like that. Anyway. Uh, why each one of 14 Manus has to introduce his own laws? This is a particular need to introduce it 14 times to the Why not only once? When the Manvantara changes, there's a destruction of the lower planets. And then a new Manu, a new creation is, uh, this is some kind of partial destruction. 
and there's a new <coughs> creation of the lower planets, including Earth. So because the civilization has started over again, they need a new law book. You know, I mean, the new Manu may refer to his uh, former, how he makes a law book, or this is the part when we don't exactly know, whether he refers to the previous law book that was there and republishes it, but he has to provide it again to society. Because it's a new society, it starts over. Just like every four yugas, you Kali Yuga, and you start Satya Yuga, but then after a while, they just uh, restart everything all over again. <coughs> how many, how many four yuga cycles? Seventy-one. Seventy-one per manu. Fourteen manus per day of Brahma. Is that how old? So 14 divided by a thousand, 71 yugas. So 71 yugas is a long time. 71 times uh, 4 million. Three hundred twenty million. Yeah, four million three hundred twenty thousand times seventy-one. So by that time they need to reset things. The original law book was probably lost by that time. <laughs> Needs to be updated. <laughs> Maybe the, genetically the humans are so out of it by that time they needed a restart. Maybe a silly question though. Is there any mention of these dinosaurs and other stuff in the Shastras? Yeah. Prabhupada said that even today there's dinosaurs somewhere. It's not like this. Uh, he's saying that uh, just that uh, for whatever, they may not be visible right now in this planet, but uh, it's not that they could be somewhere, existing somewhere. Or there could be some remnant. They say sharks are the leftover from the dinosaur era cockroaches, a few things. So 
some who have talents, so then. Some of the demons are riding on whose lizards? So maybe they were the carriers for the demon. Pretty heavy. Isn't that a great movie? Riding demons and the demons riding in. difference between different devotees. But then, if a deity is very merciful to some devotee, then it's like, out that that deity is very active. take prasadam from Jagannath. And then that night I had a, a dream where uh, where Jagannath uh, Valade was uh, sitting on his chest and uh, said, you insulted my brother's prasadam, you rascal, I'm going to kill you. And then uh, Subhadra was uh, edging him on, kill him, kill the demon. <laughs> And but Bala, but the dragon is saying, hey, it's not such a, such a big thing. Let him go and said, you know, if you don't apologize, you know, we're going to finish you off. You know, nonsense, good for nothing, everything. I don't said some heavy things. So the next day, this, uh, this Muslim came bowing down and said, give me some prasadam. Why do you want prasadam? You refused? Said, no, no, I, this happened to me. I had this dream, you know. I realized this is the Lord and I need the facade, otherwise I'm going to get, you know, 
<laughs> they gave a two prasada and bowed down and he regularly comes now and gives donations. So here's you know, even a demon. This was a fancy the Lord came in and appeared. So some deities are like that really interactive, you know, very so even when he went to he had anti devotion, he was uh, offensive and the Lord blessed him like that. And he threw it down and what's this? I don't believe in all this. You know, some big offense. Yeah? I just read in the Bible Thunder, they read in the beginning. And first night, when you saw one Brahman, and the Brahman said, No, no, I'm not even worried about this king. He describes how this king was such a great devotee and how he worshipped the deity with such pure devotion. Higher kingdom. Didn't even see the deity as a mercury. They always saw this Krishna. You know, because this king, and so much devotion to the whole kingdom. Like if you Mandalay has so much faith, you know, like Pankajanri or Janani Vas or something. One of you should see Gornitai as uh, directly, and then everyone else will see just that Lord is standing in the heavens and wooden or grass, but is the Lord actually there? Yeah, that's the best way to increase our desires. Serving, associating with the devotees who are here to serve. Thank you for watching our videos. Be sure to subscribe to our channel. We publish new videos every day. And don't forget to like and share our channel.